الحمد لله رب العالمين والصلاة والسلام على أشرف الأنبياء والمرسلين سيدنا ونبينا محمد وعلى آله وأصحابه وأزواجه ومن تبعهم بأحسان إلى يوم الدين أما بعد Everyone that came to this life or anything that came to existence no one and nothing came into existence on its own and no one would go back on its own Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is, is al-muhyi al-mumit the giver of life and death anything that has a life has been given that life by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and anything that finishes that is the time of its death and it goes back it destroys because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala takes the life back from the thing none of us came into this dunya with our own willingness or we never we were never even asked for a permission if we would like to come so no one comes on his own and no one goes back on his own no one knows when and at what time we would go if at the time of leaving this world a person would be given that opportunity most of us most of the people may think that this is the time when i might lead i when i need my life the most I have a lot of commitments at this time, so many things that I need to finish and so many dependents, so many people, so many things that depend on me now to finish them. Who's going to finish all of these things? Regardless of what time the person is leaving, normally the person feels that at this time I need to be around. because of my children because of my spouse because of my relatives because of my work whatever that might be or after working for so many years of my life and working so hard this is the only time that i got now to use what i have obtained but no one goes on his own allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is al-muhyi and he is al-mumit the giver of life and death and not only for us anything that is in existence this whole universe angels whatever that might be everything has been <coughs> granted that life by allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in different words we may say that allah subhanahu wa ta'ala He is the one who starts anything who brings anything into life the beginning of everything is from Allah and the end is also in the is in the control of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala whatever that might be the beginning and the end of everything is in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's control so if a person is having a lot of honor respect Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is the giver of it the beginning is from Allah and it, the end is from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala he can end it whenever he wants it could be wealth it could be business 
It could be family, anything. Beginning and end of everything is in the control of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. No one else controls that. If we all really would realize this reality of our life, that we have no control over anything. Everything is within Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's control. Today we want to go back home, look at all of our family members, and then take a promise from them. Make sure you don't leave this world without me. No one would be able to promise us that no, I won't. I don't know when I would leave. No one knows that. So we are, we are fully within the control of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And He is the giver of life and death. He brought us into this world whenever He wanted, and He takes people back whenever He decides. No one knows about his or her time, at what time the person is going to go back. And as I said, not only human beings, anything that is in existence, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, everything is going to finish. Everything would be destroyed someday. <coughs> Except Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. He is the only existence that will never finish. Otherwise, think of something that seems to be impossible for it to die. What could be that? Nothing beside Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. To the extent, Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam tells us in the hadith, death, which means people dying, everything dying. A time would come when even this death would die. The death would die. Very briefly, to go over that hadith and understand the background of it, on the day of the last day of this world, when everything would die, then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will make all the angels die. Then things will start coming back to life. So everything have tasted the death. That is the time when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will be calling, لِمَنِ الْمُلْكُ الْيَوْمِ who is the owner of the kingdom today? And then there will be no one to even respond. And he is going to say, لِلَّهِ الْوَاحِدِ الْقَهَّارِ Then everything will start coming back to life. Everything have died. But death is still in power. Have killed everyone. So the death is in power. The angel of death dies. But the death is still there. Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam says, Now the people who are supposed to go to Jannah will go to Jannah. People who are supposed to go to Jahannam will go to Jahannam. Then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will call upon all the people of the Jannah and Jahannam. And they would all be coming out to look at a special scene that Allah wants to show every person, every living being. So when all the people will come out to see, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala would show them a lamb. And then in the presence of all of those people, while everyone is watching, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala would slaughter that lamb. 
he would say to all the people of Jannah and Jahannam, this lamb is the death. And today I have slaughtered the death. I have slaughtered the death, so no more death. There is no death in existence anymore. Ya ahlal Jannah, khuludun bila maut. Wa ya ahlal nar, khuludun bila maut. Oh people of Jannah, now you would have eternal life. You would never die. <laughs> death has died. Wa nar, O people of Jahannam, khuludun bila maut. You would be there forever. You would never die. Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam tells us in the hadith, if there was any death left out, remained in the world in existence at that time, the people of Jannah would die out of happiness when they hear this word. That we will be here forever. It will be such a happiness that people may die out of that happiness. And if there was any death left, the people of Jahannam would die out of sorrow. That now will be here forever. Death has gone. But there is no more death. So everyone has, everything has to die. Al-Muhyi Al-Mumid subhanahu wa ta'ala is the one who gives life and death. And when we look at the hadith and the books of the history, you find that people had amazing situations at the time of death. So many different things that you can look at regarding how death comes and takes the person. Of course, this would then put us on a totally different topic. But I would just like to mention one example mentioned in some of the books of the history. <coughs> Ka'b al-Ahbar has narrated <coughs> that there was a king. This king was always busy enjoying his life. All kind of Nonsense and wrongdoings and sins. One day as there was a party in his castle, a poor man comes and he knocks at the door. Someone came, answered the door. So this man says, I would like to see the king for a minute. He looks at his clothing, he looks at his, his situation. You should have at least taken a shower before coming, you know, change your clothes, put a better cloth on you. No, he doesn't have time for you. I'm sorry. He's busy. The person goes in. And this man now, he knocks the door even harder. <coughs> Someone else comes and opens the door. He says, you know, I have to see the king for a minute. He says, no, he's busy. He can't see you at this time. And he quickly closes the door and goes away. Now this person knocks at the door even harder. So the king gets very upset. He says, how come you people don't push the person away and still he's coming back and he's getting, he's having the gusts to come and knock at the door again? Go teach him a good lesson now. So someone goes <coughs> and tries to push the person away. But before they even see and they notice, this person is already walking in the hallway. 
And finally, this person goes straight to the king and he says, you know, I just need to tell you one thing. I am the angel of death. And I have been sent to you to take your life. That's it. Your time is over. He begs him, please, few more moons for me to just take care of few things. He says, your time is over. And I can't do nothing for you. Because, إِنَّمَا أَنَا عَبْدٌ مَأْمُورٌ I have also been ordered by Allah. And I can't change those rules. And right there, while he's in that situation, he takes his ruh away. And it happens day and night. We see a lot happening. When people are involved in these type of things, an angel of death comes and he takes them. It used to happen a lot in the previous nations that the angel of death would come in a form of a human being and talk to people before their death. Now, that doesn't happen anymore. And people just go without any notice. And even those people who when they had the notice, it did not make any difference because they were only told, I'm here to take you, that's it. And after the person have seen the angel of death, the time of the tawbah is gone. So whether we see the angel of death in a form of a human being and uh, something that we can see with our naked eyes, or we see the angel of death spiritually without being able to see with the naked <coughs> eyes, but spiritually the person knows now the angel of death here, and they are starting to do their work. That at that time, the doors of the tawbah are closed. No more istighfar, no more tawbah, everything is gone. Those opportunities are gone. So at what time the person is going to go, in what situation, what we would be doing the time then we, that we leave, we go back to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, no one knows. <coughs> someone is singing and he goes back, someone is dancing and he goes back, someone is in sujood and he goes back. This is why Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam encouraged that in the hadith, that keep on doing good deeds, because you don't know at what time the angel of death would come, approach you and take you away. And the main thing that counts is the last deeds that you are performing as you leave this world, go back to see Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is al-muhyi al-mumid subhanahu wa ta'ala. Everything is within the control of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. The existence of everything is under Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's control. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in Qur'an keeps on giving us beautiful examples about this attribute of His. There are many ayahs, a lot of ayahs in Qur'an that talk about this. It looks like this attribute of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has been covered in full detail in Qur'an. And a lot of ayahs are discussing this, discussing this. And the reason for it is because a very important attribute for everyone to remember that I have no control over my life. I have no control over my day. I have no control over nothing. So why shouldn't I then just put my trust in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and do what He wants me to do? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gives a beautiful example. In Surah Al-Baqarah, A person passing by a town, 
Some of the Mufassirin say that that was Uzair alayhi salatu wassalam, Allahu alam, passing by a town, and that town was totally destroyed, upside down. Khawiyatun ala urushiya, it's upside down. All the roof of the homes are down to the earth. He looks at it and he says, Anna yuhyi hadihi Allahu ba'da mawtiha. How Allah is going to put this town back to life? At what time this town can come back to life? How would it come back? It may be that this land, this piece of land would never come back to life. And then some other surrounding areas will keep on establishing. But it doesn't look like any chance for this portion, for this town to be back to where it was before. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in Quran, فَأَمَاتَهُ اللَّهُ مِئَةَعَامُ Allah made him die. And the person was dead for hundred years. ثُمَّ بَعَثَ Then he raised him. After raising him, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala asked him, كَمْ لَبِثْ For how long were you dead in that situation? So his response was, يَوْمًا أَوْ بَعْضَ يَوْمًا I think it was for a day, but it looks like it was less than a day. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says to this person, بَلْ لَبِثْتَ مِئَةَ عَامٍ you were dead for hundred years. And the Mufassirin have explained, when, he, when he, was, he, brought, he was brought back to life, the town is back to normal, and the whole town is back alive. And not only this, now Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is showing him some signs. <coughs> Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said to him, فَانْظُرْ إِلَىٰ طَعَامِكَ وَشَرَابِكَ لَمْ يَتَسَنَّهُ وَانْظُرْ إِلَىٰ حِمَارِكَ وَلِنَجْعَلَكَ آيَةً لِلنَّاسِ وَانْصُرْ إِلَى الْعِظَامِ كَيْفَ نُنْشِزُهَا ثُمَّ نَكْسُهَا لَحْمَا His food was not rotten. Hundred years. Allah saved the life of that food. It's Allah. Subhanahu wa ta'ala has everything within His control. For us, how can this food not be rotten? No fridge, no freezer, just sitting out there for hundred years. Look at your food, is not rotten. But on the other hand, when you look at your donkey, it's dead. And you see the bones of it. But now look at your donkey. The donkey that he was riding. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, while he's looking now, the bones are coming back, coming up together, and they're being put together. And then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala started putting the flesh on these bones and while he's watching, the whole donkey is up and is alive. Just like the story of Sayyidina Ibrahim alayhi salatu wasalam, very well known story that is mentioned in the Quran. Rabbi arini kayfa tuhayyal mawta. Ya Allah, show me how do you bring dead people back to life. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala asked him, Awalam tu'min, don't you believe? Yeah, bala. Sure, Allah, I believe. But I would like to see it with my eyes. How would it happen? And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says to him, get some boots. <coughs> and now, get these birds too close to you. You know, when you have some pets and they get very close to you. So when you call them, they come to you. After... Sometime Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said to Ibrahim alayhi salatu wasalam, now slaughter, kill all of these birds. 
and cut them into pieces. Mix them up. Mix all the meat up. Then put on different mountains this meat from all of these birds. It's all mixed up. Put them on different mountains. Keep the heads in your hands. You sit in one place now. And hold the head of one of these birds in your hand. Call that bird. And Ibrahim sits down there. Around all, between all these mountains. And he calls one of the birds. All of this meat gets getting together. In the form of a bird. And now it comes to Ibrahim. Walks to Ibrahim without a head. He has the head in his hand. He places the head there. This is the bird. Another bird, second head. He calls the second bird and he places the head there. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala showed him how he is going to put people back to life. He is al-muhi, al-mumid, subhanahu wa ta'ala. And there are many examples of this in Quran al-Kareem, like the example of 70 people from Bani Israel who went with Musa alayhi salatu wasalam, and they said, we won't believe until we see Allah. And they all died. Then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala brought them back to life. So, different examples have been given in Quran Kareem about how things will be coming back to life and proving this attribute of Allah, Al-Muhi, Al-Mumid, Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala. What do we learn from it? As we learn that our life is within Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala's control. Whenever He wants, He can take us away. He is Al-Mumid, Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala. He gave us a life. We never asked our permission, he doesn't need the permission, and one day he will make us go away, and he doesn't need our permission, we'll just go away. So, that is a connection between a human being and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, such a strong connection that he controls everything then. If he controls life and death then, what else is there for us? And there is nothing for us to control anymore, that's it. You can do, you could be flying a plane and a person is gone. You could be driving a car and the person is gone. Doing whatever you, you may be doing and the person is gone. So everything in simple words, life and death simply means controlling everything in this person's life. Number two. When we look at the ayahs of Al-Quran Al-Kareem, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala tells us, فَانْظُرْ إِلَىٰ آثَارِ رَحْمَةِ اللَّهِ كَيْفَ يُحْيِي الْأَرْضَ بَعْدَ مَوْتِهَا Look at the signs of the Rahmah of Allah. Pay attention to the ayah. فَانْظُرْ إِلَىٰ آثَارِ رَحْمَةِ اللَّهِ Look at the signs of the Rahmah of Allah. How He brings back a barren ground back to life. What does it mean? Of course, this is one thing that we see that a ground that was totally dry, all of a sudden then, you see a lot of growth over there, you can see now, you can see that this earth now got the life. But Allah is saying, when this earth is getting the life, this is a sign of the Rahmah of Allah. What does this mean? What is the real Rahmah then? The real Rahmah is when the person's heart comes back to life with the remembrance of Allah. So that is the sign of the Rahmah. And this is the real Rahmah. The real Rahmah is when the person's heart gets the life of the remembrance of Allah. Gets the life of the ma'rifah of knowing Rabbul Alameen subhanahu wa ta'ala. When the zulamat and the darknesses of the kufr, of the nifaq, of the shirk have been driven out of the heart and the nur of iman comes into the heart. And when that nur comes, then the real life starts into the heart. 
This is the real life. It's not when we have a lot of lights in the city. You go to a city and you see a lot of lights, nighttime and crowd and uh, roads are crowded and markets are open during the nighttime and we say the city never sleeps and every time there is uh, so much going on, this city is very light, it's always alive. No. It may be a person sitting in the darkness of his home in a small village where they don't have electricity and this person in the night time he's up before Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala his head is before Allah in sujood his heart is attached to Allah and he's saying subhanahu wa ta'ala that is the real life that is the life so when the, when the when the life comes into the heart then the person sees the real life Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam tells us in the hadith مَثَلُ الَّذِي يَذْكُرْ رَبَّهُ وَالَّذِي لَا يَذْكُرْ رَبَّهُ كَمَثَلِ الْحَيِّ وَالْمَيِّتِ A person who remembers Allah is just like a living person, and a person who does not remember Allah is just like a dead person. If we taste this name of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, and it gets into our heart, believe me, then there is no attraction in this world that will be able to pull us away from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Nothing in this world would seem attractive anymore when the person has this name of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in his or in her heart. Sometime when the person is attached to some of the some things very closely and you're remembering those things, someone have lost a close relative. Someone lost his wife, someone lost, <coughs> she lost her husband, someone lost the child. Now, at this time, you go and start playing some good uh, speech to this person, he doesn't want to hear it. You're trying to play some of the things that he used to enjoy listening to. This person doesn't enjoy it anymore, he doesn't want to hear anything. He wants silence. Why? The person is trying to just remember that person who he has lost. This is all what this person wants. Don't even talk to me at this time, please. We know the situation. Why? This person is so closely attached to the person. Today he realized that closeness and now he's missing that person. Therefore he wants total silence and he would just like to spend the time remembering that person in his heart. And you see the tears falling of his heart, of his eyes. This is what happened, that what, what becomes the situation of a person who is attached to Rabbul Alameen subhanahu wa ta'ala. And he got the real life in his heart. Now when that life came into the heart, this person now is missing Rabbul Alameen. I can't see my Rabb subhanahu wa ta'ala. When would be the day when I would go and see my Rabb subhanahu wa ta'ala? Fanzur ila athari rahmatillah. Look at the signs of the rahmah of Allah. This is the sign of the Rahmah of Allah, not when the rain comes and grows on the ground. It's when the rain comes off our eyes, and then Iman grows into the heart. When this rain comes out of the eyes, then Iman grows into the heart. This is why there is a beautiful dua of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, when he says, Ya Allah, Ya Allah, bring my, my heart back to life. Through the tears that would wash the sins away from my heart. 
these tears, they wash away all the sins of the heart. So that is the real life. And this is what Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said in another hadith which is in Sahih Muslim. La taqoom al-sa'ah hatta yuqala fil ardi Allah, Allah. The day of judgment will not take place as long as there are people to say Allah, Allah in this life, in this world. Which simply means when there is no Allah, Allah, the name of Allah is not there in this world, that will be the time of the day of Qiyamah, of the day of judgment. What does it mean? Let us change the wordings now. Change the example a little bit, that will make it simple for us to understand. This person will not die as long as he has the ruh inside him. When the ruh will depart this body, then the person will die. Take the same example. This dunya would not die as long as there is Allah, Allah into this dunya. When Allah, Allah will go out of this dunya, then the dunya would die. Simply means, the name of Allah is the ruh, is the soul of this life, of this world, of this dunya. When the name of Allah is taken away from it, then everything is going to collapse. Same thing that happens to us. When the name of Allah goes out of our life, the reality of our life collapses. And then we live only for the dunya. Then the reality is gone out of, our, out of the person's life. Then all we live for is material, material life. That a person is just living for dirt, the person is living for wood, the person is living for plastic, the person is being the servant of metal. This is all what we live for. To beautify these things. The whole life is just been out of, uh, behind these things. From morning to evening, the person is just trying to beautify the worldly things. Nice, beautiful the lights, beautiful home, beautiful furniture, clothing, everything. Everything becomes very attractive to the person. But when the real life comes, and that as I said, and in fact as the hadith tell us, through the name of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And of course, now as we see that the name of Allah gives life to everything. The name of Allah gives life to everything. Say if Allah is al-Muhi al-Mumit, and His name can give life, has so much power, that it gives life to everything, then how can Allah ever die? Therefore, the next attribute of Allah is al-Hayy. Allah is the living one, <coughs> the one who is always living, who has the eternal life, has no end to it. He is Al-Hayy. Because if other things can get life through the name of Allah, then how can the name of Allah ever die? And then if the name of Allah cannot die, how can Allah, Billah, die? Therefore, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's attribute is Al-Hayy Al-Qayyum. Al-Hayy means the one who is alive himself. Normally, when the attribute of Allah is used, Al-Hayy, with Al-Hayy, we always, uh, the, the attribute of Al-Qayyum is always attached to Hayy. And most of the scholars of Islam are of the opinion that Al-Hayy Al-Qayyum is the name that is called uh, Al-Ism Al-A'zam. Al-Ism Al-A'zam, about which Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam says, الَّذِي إِذَا دُعِيَ بِهِ أَجَابُ 
It's a name that if you pray to Allah through that name as Al-Ism Al-Azam, your dua will always be accepted. But let us firstly, first quickly understand the word Qayyum. What does it mean? Qayyum is driven from the word Qama. Qama is to stand up. Take a stick. Try to make it stand. Anything, any object in this world has no power of standing on its own. Someone has to put it up and then use something that can hold it. Otherwise, the thing is going to fall down. There are a lot of roots that are holding the trees in their proper places. There are a lot of foundations that are holding these buildings in their proper places. So these things are qa'im. They are up because something is holding them down. When we look at our souls, we can stand up without holding to things. At a certain level. After a certain age, we can stand up without anything holding us. We can hold our souls. So at that time, we are qa'im. The person is standing up. But still we can never be qayyum. What does qayyum mean? We are qa'im, standing up. But other things in this life cannot be up on our, uh, leaning on us. Because I'm standing, everything else is standing in this world. Everything dependent on me. If I'm down, then everything would be down. This is what Qayyum means. Which means the one that is up and is holding everything up. So everything is holding up because of that Qayyum. What is holding us up? We have some, we have some strength within us. After some time, it starts getting weak and the strength is gone. Now the person cannot get up by himself. We say, I'm getting to my old age. Now I need some support. <coughs> this person who loses his own strength, how he can be Al-Qayyum, holding everything up in this universe. In Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, is such a Qayyum, that he tells us in Quran Al-Kareem, that you see the heavens, you see this globe, you see everything is holding up without any pillars. خَلَقَ السَّمَاوَاتِ بِغَيْرِ عَمَدِ He created the skies and the heavens without any pillars that you can see. <coughs> this is Qayyum. That's holding everything up so much. Weight is up there and is in the space. Our whole universe is hanging in the space. What's beneath it? What pillars are holding this universe? What pillars are holding the sun? What pillars are holding the moon? Everything is up through Al-Qayyum subhanahu wa ta'ala. And this is what Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam reminded us through his dua. When we wake up in the morning, Alhamdulillah alladhi ahyana ba'dama amatana. We pray to Allah, we thank Allah, who brought us back to life after death. Which means we were just like dead people. And now He brought us back to life. So for us to get up, we are dependent on Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Everything in this universe is dependent on Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is the one who sustains everything. And He holds everything up. This is Qayyum. 
And for Qayyum, he has to be Hay. He has to be alive at all times, so that everything will be holding up at all times. Otherwise, if the one that is holding everything up would die, then everything is going to just collapse. So then there is no system in the world, in the world is going to work forever. So Al-Qayyum subhanahu wa ta'ala is always up. And he is the one who is holding everything. And this is why. When we look at these attributes, we can also very easily understand why any person who has Iman cannot believe in the beliefs that is being introduced by some groups of Trinity. If there were three things there, now make a triangle. In a triangle, of course, then there are three sticks. You are putting three sticks together and they are holding each other. But you know that if all three sticks, all three of them are Hay and Qayyum, that simply means there is more than one Hay and Qayyum. Are each of them independent of each other or they depend on each other? If they depend on each other, none of them is Qayyum. Each of them is dependent on the other. Qayyum is the one who cannot be dependent on anyone. Otherwise, he is not Qayyum. There are three sticks holding each other. Each stick is dependent on the other one. So he is the, none of these sticks is Qayyum. Cannot hold itself. And for it to be there, it needs the other two sticks to be there. And we know the other two sticks were not there. Isa salam was born. Everyone believes that. Everyone believes that he came from the womb of his mother. His mother came to existence. And that ruh came to existence sometime. So, these things, if three of them are dependent on each other, then none of them is qayyum. And they are totally independent, it's not possible. That is not possible that you have three that are totally independent, take them away from each other. When you take them away from each other, simply means there are always partners in this Qayyum's life. This Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is a Qayyum and He has partners. That He says, I'm independent. And someone else come and say, I'm independent too. I don't depend on you. Al-Qayyum is the one, now we can understand the point. Al-Qayyum is the one that everything else is dependent on him and he's never dependent on anything else. So if someone can come and tell Allah that I'm independent, Allah can tell him I'm independent too. Would that make Allah Al-Qayyum? No. Because there is something who is not dependent on him. Qayyum has to be the one that everything else is dependent on him. <coughs> Nothing can claim to be independent of Al-Qayyum subhanahu wa ta'ala. Therefore, no one besides Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala can be Qayyum. Just like Rahman. Qayyum is another attribute that no one can be Qayyum besides Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. We are Qayyum, but we are not Qayyum. We can get up. But we are not Qayyum, we cannot hold everything in its place. And 
Everything cannot be dependent on us. Yes, if Qayyum means that a person who holds things up, but not, not necessarily everything. <coughs> Few things are holding up because of this thing, then everyone is Al-Qayyum. Everything is up to a certain extent because of us. We are holding things up. At this time I'm Al-Qayyum because I'm holding the bench up. I'm Al-Qayyum, I'm holding it up. But Al-Qayyum is the one who is independent of anyone and everyone. And in everything that is in existence is dependent on Al-Qayyum subhanahu wa ta'ala. And when a person understands this attribute of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, there is no way that Allah could ever have any partners, and this person could ever believe in anyone has a, having a relationship with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, having a son, having anything else, these type of aqaid, they are just gone by this one attribute of Al-Qayyum. <coughs> Otherwise, this attribute is gone. Either you take the attribute away, or if you keep the attribute, then none of those things can can be attached to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And this is why, since this attribute is such an attribute that is totally protective, doesn't allow any of these type of <coughs> defects get to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, it's a defect. When your kingdom is not control, fully under your control, when someone else can challenge you, when, there is some, when you have partners, when you are not the only ones who's who have the full power and control, then of course there is defect there. So this is why most of the scholars see and they believe that Al-Hayyul Qayyum is Ismullah Al-Azam. <coughs> In fact, there are many ahadiths that indicate to us this also, that Al-Hayyul Qayyum is Ismullah Al-Azam, which means Allah's that special name, that great name, that if you make dua to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala through this name, your dua would always be accepted. But of course, it needs a special attachment to this name. You need a special attachment to this name of Al-Hayyul Qayyum. Imam Tirmizi rahmatullahi have narrated in his Sunan, Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, whenever he used to have any difficult situation in his life, he used to recite this dua, Ya Hayyu Ya Qayyum, bi rahmatika astaghir. Imam Ibn Qayyim rahmatullahi says that it has always been experienced by the scholars of Islam that whenever a person has a difficult time and he recites this dua, Ya Hayyu Ya Qayyum, bi rahmatika astaghith, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala always helps the person in those difficulties. Imam Tirmizi rahmatullahi have also narrated on the authority of Sayyidina Abu Huraira radiallahu anhu. That when Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam wanted to make some very special dua, and he would want to really beg Allah very strongly, at that time he used to say, Ya Hayyu Ya Qayyum. When we would hear the word Ya Hayyu Ya Qayyum from Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam in his dua, we would know that now he has put the full force in begging Allah for getting it. And we know he's getting it. Ali radiallahu anhu says, at the time of the battle of Badr, I left the field to go and see what Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa was doing. <coughs> and I found Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa in sujood, and he was saying, Ya hayyu ya qayyum, Ya hayyu ya qayyum, Ya hayyu ya qayyum. 
And he's repeatedly saying the words, same words. I went back. And after some time, I said, let me go back and see what he was doing now. Again, when I went back and he was still in sujood, and same thing, Ya Hayyu Ya Qayyum, Ya Hayyu Ya Qayyum. Now, Sahaba know, they know that when Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam uses this dua, these words in his dua, that's it. So he said, I was convinced we are getting it. And I went back, and after a short time, I saw that everyone was running away. And I knew it was that dua of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam. So this, Ya Hayyu Ya Qayyum is a very, very special name of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala when both of them are recited together. And especially at a time when begging Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to make difficult situation easy for us, add the word, Birahmatika astaghith. I seek help through your rahmah and your mercy. Ya Hayyu Ya Qayyum, Birahmatika astaghith. Fatima radiallahu anha says, My father, Muhammad Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam once he said to me, Fatima, let me tell you one thing. I'll teach you one thing very important. Never neglect to recite it. And then he told, us, told her this dua. Always recite, Ya Hayyu Ya Qayyum bi rahmatika astaghir. And then scholars went into the details of this name of when you recite it, at what time and how many times you get what effect through this name. But without going into all of those details, one thing for sure I would tell you, at the time of any situation that you have, get up in the last third of the night and in the sujood, keep on begging Allah through this name and inshallah you would see the difference. Ya Hayyu Ya Qayyum, in the sujood, make a sujood, perform salah and in the sujood with Subhan Rabbi Al-A'la, then add, Ya Hayyu Ya Qayyum, Birahmatika Astaghir. And if a person would develop that habit of doing it every day, and then reciting this name every day in Salat al-Tahajjad, then the person would just start seeing things in his life. You would just start seeing how Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala would open the doors of so many secrets of this life to your heart. If Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala would just open this one door for us today, and that is, we get up in the night, and in the sujood, Ya Hayyu Ya Qayyum, Birahmatika Astaghir. Say at least 11 times in each sujood, if you don't want to say it more, if you don't have time for more, say it at least 11 times, and develop this habit of doing it every night, and inshallah, you would see how Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will start opening the doors of His rahmah towards your heart. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala accept all of us and guide all of us to Salat al-Mustaqeem. Aqulu qawli hadha wa astaghfirullah li wa lakum wa lisa'il al-Muslimin wa al-Muslimat wa akhiru da'wana an alhamdulillahi rabbil alameen.